0: Saving Thousands is brought to you in part by RP Funding. RP Funding, Inc. is licensed and can offer loans in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia, and is also licensed by the Mississippi Department of Banking and Consumer Finance and by the Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Office is located at 500 Wonderly Place, Suite 300, Maitland, Florida, 32751, telephone 321-397-4420. RP Funding's nationwide mortgage licensing system ID number is 70168, and Robert Palmer's NMLS ID number is 76197.
1: We're Saving Thousands with Robert Palmer right here on the Saving Thousands Radio Network. Robert Palmer is is your empowering voice that you've been waiting for. He comes to the radio with easy-to-follow guidelines designed to equip you with the tools you need to handle the good, the bad, and the ugly of everyday finance. Whether it be your credit cards, bank loans, auto loans, mortgages, refis, we work to put your money to work for you. That's what it's all about. No commercials during the show from our point anyway. It's all about empowering you. It's a public service, if you will, from the Robert Palmer family of companies, and we love coming to you on the air. We love the websites that we'll talk about today because it's all about giving you the tools so that on Wednesday, you're not out of money. You know how some people say, well, I'm out of money, but I'm not out of week. You can forget those days. You're going beyond that starting today. You're taking charge of your money. And here's some of the things we'll talk about today. Robert's going to go over the Saving Thousands rules to success, rules that he's formulated over the years by working with people and seeing some of the problems they've had with their money. We'll talk about kids and a major disconnect when it comes to money. We have an Ask Robert from one of our listeners, and this is about auto loans. We're going to be talking about the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. And at this time, it's gone after PayPal, and there's a follow-up warning from the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. We'll also talk about mortgage companies and why RP funding charges no lender fees, but why some big, big banks and mortgage institutions have to charge major, major fees. Well, why is that? Well, Robert, good to see you in the studio today. We have a lot to talk about. So where do you want to begin?
0: Let's do a quick recap of the Saving Thousands rules here. I got it. Is this the most recent version? I think they might be missing a couple. Let's see. All right, rule rule number one, always shop around. Yes, sir. This is a core competency of the show here. Uh, and so even if you're going to call us and, and, and try to take advantage of our no-closing-cost-refi deal, I still want you to shop around, right? You know, I, I don't care if you're getting a loan or, or getting a credit card from your mother. I still want you to shop around. It's rule number one. It's the most important rule we have. Always shop around. It is the number one way you can take power back as a consumer. Yes, it takes a little bit of work. Don't be lazy. Don't be a financial zombie. Rule number one, always shop around. We really need producer Dave. To get us the Captain and Tennille song, Shop Around. All right. So we can play that when you say shop around. Let's do it. Work that out, <laughs> Producer Dave. Rule number two, know your numbers. All right. Credit score, home value, balances, interest rates, interest paid the prior month. Uh, the credit card companies and, and mortgage companies and people go to great lengths to try to keep you from knowing your numbers, yeah. right? To try to keep you from understanding what you're really paying in interest, what you're really paying in, in, in your uh, interest rates, what the monthly cost of that is. You got to know your home value. You got to know your credit score. As a financial ninja, you have to know your numbers because this truly does give you more power. No one can Mm -hmm. take advantage of you. It's harder to take advantage of you when you know your own numbers. Rule number three is the three-day rule, and that is that a financial ninja is going to wait three days before signing for credit or making a major purchase. Right? Uh, A lot of advertising, a lot of the financial smoke and mirrors is made to play on our emotions and get us to make decisions quickly before we have time to think about it uh, my best example for the three-day rule is you are in line at the department store and they're trying to get you to sign up for the credit card to get the 20 percent off and you're going to simply tell them i have to go home and think about this for three days and if three days from now it still seems like a good idea then i will come back and i will get your credit card and they will say but sir you're going to miss out on the 20 percent off and i will say well i am very sure that when i shop here again mm-hmm. you will still be offering the same stupid 20 percent off if i sign up for a credit card and I have to wait three days because I'm a financial ninja and because that is rule number three on the Saving Thousands Radio Network, so I have no choice. I have to deny, decline your card today. I cannot apply for it. I'm going home to wait my three days. The three-day rule will save you from making a lot of bad snap decisions, especially when it comes to credit and major purchases. Rule number four, don't abuse credit, but don't fear it either. All right, we're not going to abuse credit. We're not going to use credit to go buy things we can't afford but we are not going to fear credit either. We are going to use credit to our maximum ability to take advantage of other people's money when we can get it interest free. We've talked a lot about that this week here on the show. Uh, If you missed it, you can pop over to savingthousands.com and hear this week's episodes. I did a lot on credit cards uh, earlier this week and uh, the grace periods and how to not pay interest for as long as 60 days, uh, which is a pretty significant amount of time to save interest. So don't abuse credit, don't fear it either. That's rule number four. Rule number five we talked about earlier in today's show, if you know their tricks, they won't work, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to get you to sign up for a credit card in line at a department store when there are a bunch of people behind you in a hurry is a trick, right? You know how many people ask about the APR and the annual fee in line? They just don't. I'm going to say, like, nobody, right? right. Because you're off kilter. You're not in your element. Uh, if you know the tricks, they don't work. Trust me, they have lots of them. The financial services industry spend millions of dollars a year honing these tricks, Uh, and then I get to destroy them in minutes, right? (laughs) That's right. It it takes them years and millions of dollars to come up with them. It takes me 45 seconds on the radio to expose them, which brings us again to rule number five. If you know their tricks, they won't work. Rule number six, spread your knowledge, all right? You have to educate your friends and family. I love that. All right, we uh, for whatever reason, we don't like to talk about this stuff. We don't like to talk about if we have debt. We don't like to talk about credit card. We don't like to talk about interest rates. Uh, We have to spread our knowledge. We have to educate friends and family. Uh, you got to get them listening to the show. Uh, it's real easy to do on our iHeartRadio station. Just download the iHeartRadio app, put in SavingThousands.com, or Saving Thousands or Robert Palmer, either one, it'll pop up right there. We've got the blue logo with the microphone on it, Saving Thousands Radio Network. Uh, spread the knowledge, all right? Spread your knowledge, spread the word. We need everybody to become financial ninjas so we can all fight back as a group. Uh, number seven, if you run or own a business, be transparent with oh. your, your customers, with your consumers. Uh, So, uh, you know, I I reach probably 100, 120,000 people a week here on the radio. Uh, If I reach business owners, then I then get to impact the lives of everyone who shops with them. So uh, I will tell you from my own experience, uh, running a business and putting consumers first and being transparent works. You will be more successful. Please give it a try. Uh, It's also a requirement if you want to be a financial ninja with me here on the radio because that is rule number seven. Rule number eight, practice what you learn and always learn more. All right, I am the perpetual student. I can always learn something more. Uh, so always learn more and practice what you learn. If you're just going to listen to me on the radio here and you're not going to do any of this stuff, if you're not going to shop around, if you're not going to know your numbers, if you're not going to wait three days, if you're not going to uh, not fear credit, not abuse it, if you're not going to know the tricks, if you're not going to do these things, uh, you can just flip over and listen to like some Hanson Mbop on another station, right? <laughs> that, that sounds like a much better use of your time. And listening to me here talk about uh, how to become a financial ninja. Uh, so then we've got uh, share your success. Uh, so this is a little different than sharing your knowledge. This is actually sharing your success. Uh, you know, so uh, my father-in-law was in town uh, a couple weeks ago, Right. and he shared with me that. Uh, so he does it. He lives in Jacksonville. So up until recently, he couldn't get the show, and so he's been listening now, and uh, he has already shopped around for new car insurance Good deal. and taken advantage of that because he listened to the show. Uh, and so by him sharing that success, that will motivate other people to do the same thing like, wow, this stuff actually works. Maybe I will give it a try. Uh, Then we've got uh, check their references, right? So we're gonna Google companies' names that we're gonna do business with before we do business with them, and we're gonna put in scam, we're gonna put in reviews, we're gonna put in BBB for Better Business Bureau, right? So Google uh, RP Funding Better Business Bureau, and that's gonna land you right on my Better Business Bureau page. You know, Google whatever company scams, whatever company reviews, whatever company complaints, check them out make a good informed decision right now rob i know we had two more rules that are not on this list so i'm gonna have to figure that out i'm gonna have to dig through my emails yeah and so everybody out there listening like like this whole rules thing kind of came uh you know like we didn't hire some consultant like i <laughs> didn't have time for us to get in a room and brainstorm this this was like a series of emails over weeks so like like three right. in the morning i would wake up and be like ah that, that should be a rule and so i would send an email uh to my wife jill and to rob and a producer dave and then we we. Compiled them all into the list, and, and so we're gonna make this into like a nice official, pretty document, and we're gonna put it up there on savingthousands.com. There are two more that I don't have here in front of me that I'm gonna have to go back and figure out because I, I know we were up to twelve or thirteen rules. Yeah, we're getting up there. Uh, and, and so the, once I feel like we're done, once I feel like we've got them finalized, and mm-hmm. you know we're gonna publish them. It's gonna be cool. Like people can download it and make it their desktop screensaver or whatever they want to do. Uh, because the whole idea is, if if you follow these simple rules, you will absolutely save money when it comes to personal finance. And none of this stuff is really that complex. I'm not sitting here telling you to learn how to, you know, hand calculate complex amortization schedules. You know, all this is stuff you can absolutely do. It's within your grasp. It's within your power. uh, And we're going to teach you how to do it. And and we're going to continue to reinforce this. And we're going to hold you accountable right here every day on the radio uh, to make better decisions, to not be taken advantage of. To know the tricks, to watch out for the tricks, to to wait the three days, to shop around, to do all the things we're talking about. This is how you become a financial zo- a financial ninja. This is how we eradicate all the financial zombies out there. Cause trust me, they they all want they want to make you into a financial zombie. I want to turn you into a financial ninja. I mean that that's what it comes down to.
1: So as Robert says, the whole goal here is to give you the tools so you can manage your money. There's less intimidation when you know the rules there's less intimidation when you know the tricks of the industry. So Robert comes on the radio each and every day and we talk to you about money. Well, alongside the radio show, there are at least three websites that we put out for you each and every day being updated, giving you more and more research about money and things that are going on in the economy. The first is SavingThousands.com. SavingThousands.com brings you a plethora of information. The articles are easy to read they're well-researched, and they really do put you in the forefront of managing your money. Some of the articles that are trending very heavily right now, the 10 steps to financial control, that's one you've got to read. How about balance transfer? Is it a good idea for credit card debt? And what is a balance transfer in the first place? All right, we also have 20 important money tips for the entire holiday season. All right, now all the way through New Year's Day and we have financial clutter. Here we are at the end of the year, and we're looking probably at cleaning out our paperwork and stuff like that, starting to get prepared for taxes, right? Well, look at the drawers full of information we've got. We've got bank statements from 15 years ago. What can we throw out, and what should we keep, okay? That is a great article, and I guarantee you, it's going to help you. Well, Robert, you know, the times are a-changing. A lot of things have improved, But along the way, I think that our kids are being left out of the financial lessons that we learned by watching our parents spend money.
0: We've all gotten lazier Uh, technology, you know, text messaging. So, you know, it used to be if you wanted to to research something, you had to schlep on down to the library, right? And check it out. And then, you know, a little later, you had to schlep over to your computer, right? So you had to get up off the couch and you had to go over to your computer and, and type in and search. And then you could laptop and you could be sitting on the couch and search. Well, now you just pull your phone out of your pocket and you can get access to any information. And this has made us lazy because we really don't have to work hard for a lot of things. And so the the whole idea of monitoring the the kids and the chores and then giving them the money, this is work. It's much easier to hand them a credit card and turn them loose. But the problem is then you you lose that ability to teach responsibility. Mm -hmm. And again, it all comes down to this inherent fear of talking about money. And I, I, I don't I don't understand why. And maybe that's because when I was, you know, again, when I was young, my mother was very open with me about the finances. Uh, it obviously was was good for me. It worked out very well for me. But a lot of people are afraid to talk about it. And, and that's something I want to explore. You know, so if, if you have a good reason why you don't think children should be, uh, you know, shown and taught about money, I, I would love to hear it. And, and sure. not, not that I want to argue with you about it. I just I want to see the other side of the argument. I want to know. The other opinions because in my life I was always shown and I I never saw any negative of it nothing negative ever came of my mother taking that uh, effort to explain and show to me and be open with me about our finances and so I I would love you know I really want to hear the opinion of people Mm -hmm. who disagree with that again not to be adversarial with you I just I want to understand it Um, you know maybe there's maybe there's something I'm not thinking about here but in my mind um, in my mind we've got to do something we've got to do a better job of, of preparing of preparing kids
1: and you've taught us on this show how the financial institutions are really always making it easier to pay for something. Look where we're going now. Swipe your phone or go to the major amusement parks around this country or the major cruise lines and wear the bracelet. You walk into a shop, well, that's not really money, Mommy. I just had them scan my bracelet.
0: Yeah, the, the casinos perfected this. I mean, the, the casinos Chips. the casinos figured out, and I've read a lot of books on kind of the history of the gaming industry because it's fascinating to me uh, how how much money flows through there. And uh, it's when they were using paper money, people were more cautious with it. They would think about it differently. This is, you know, oh, I have a hundred dollar bill in my hand. This was X number hours of work. You know, this is what I had to do. Where with that clay chip, the clay chip doesn't mean anything, you know, and and we've been desensitized kind of the same way with credit cards, with different ways to pay. Now, uh, I'm not going to say we don't need to use those, but we've got to force ourselves to be conscious and to keep up with it. And to make sure we can always pay that bill off at the end of the month, to make sure that we don't use credit to overspend. You know, we we've got to use credit responsibly. That's that's one of the key rules here. Don't fear it, but don't abuse it either. You've got to use your credit responsibly. And and the only way to use something responsibly, and the only way to do that, is to to practice. You know, you've got you've got to practice, right? Mm-hmm. When whenever we want to get good at something, we practice. And and the earlier we start to learn it, the more we practice it, the better we get at it. And and that's the whole key to conquering. Uh, financial services and personal finance.
1: As you're listening to today's show, I hope that you're thinking about family, friends, co-workers that could use the advice of Robert Palmer. As I said at the beginning of the show, we've got the radio show, we've got the websites, and let's look back at the website for just a minute. I talked about some of the articles that are really trending heavy right now. How about on the homepage, what is bringing people to savingthousands.com? Well, across the top, we can analyze where people are clicking right so across the top of the home page there's some categories that you will find totally empowering like the rules those 15 rules to success robert talked about a while ago we have them all spelled out for you so you can just do a screenshot and you can make a copy and carry it with you radio shows yes you click on radio shows and you'll be able to play back on demand shows by topic or shows by date next to that across the top of the page Station listing. Now, that is a list and an easy to follow map of what radio stations carry the Saving Thousands radio show. And while I'm talking about that, let's also remember that you can get past editions of the Saving Thousands radio show on our all new app for your phone. Yes, there's an app for that. You simply go to your Play Store and download Saving Thousands Radio. And that's another way you can listen to the show. But the station listings are very important to you as you travel so you can always have us with you in the car then there's an ask robert tab now what happens when you click on ask robert well the form pops up totally confidential and you can ask any question you want of robert palmer and one more tab that's really helpful and that's the home value hotline we can talk about that more later but the home value hotline is the best way for you to get a very precise evaluation of your home's value with no strings attached, all right? You can also get that by phone at 866-222-8231, 866-222-8231. But Robert, I want to bounce back a little bit. I mentioned the Ask Robert section, which is one of the most
0: popular on the site. So we we got a question on the text line here, Rob. Uh, again, that's 35353, that's the saving thousands text line. Uh the biweekly payment plan you talked about yesterday for mortgages can that be used on car loans as well? And I will tell you, absolutely. Now, uh, here's the thing: it, it is not as impactful on a car loan because the term isn't as long, right? right? So, when we're talking about a 30-year mortgage, right, in the early in the early days of a 30-year mortgage, uh, something like 80 or 90 percent of your money is going toward interest. Wow! And so that extra payment really supercharges it on the back end. So, we're we're making the extra payment a year through biweekly will cut years off the back of a mortgage it's maybe only going to cut a couple of months off of the back of a car loan, right, mm-hmm. um, as far as the interest savings. Now, I think it's a great strategy. There's no reason not to do it, right? You know, if you, if the way you get paid, it makes sense, make your extra payment up front like we talked about, then split your car loan in half and make the payment each time you get paid, there's no reason not to do it, and it will save you money, but it's not as dramatically impactful because the term of the loan is shorter. So you're sure. with a car loan, you're always paying a good bit toward principal. Right. I mean, from the first car payment, you know, probably uh, two thirds of it is going toward principal and only one third toward interest because it's, it's in most cases, a five or six year loan. Now, the longer the term of the loan is, the more impactful it will be. So I think there are some cars today you can finance for like seven years, right, Rob? That's crazy. 80, 84 months, I, I think, was going ask on some you, cars. I was going to ask you that question. You are a financial manager. You're
1: teaching us. You are a leader in the financial industry. How long should a person that's an average wage earner? Maybe they make uh, 50 60 a year. Their wife makes 30 40 a
0: year. How long should they have a, a car payment? Nobody wants to hear my answer to that. I know, but I they need to hear it. I mean, I, I think I think the longest you should go is 48 months. I mean, four years. I, I, I knew that was going to be your answer. I, 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 you I agree. Know, I would like to see people finance for three years. Now, again, <sighs> there, there's a caveat here. If you can get zero interest for 60 months, well, sure. take it. If you can get zero interest for 79, 220 months, whatever, if you can get zero interest, take it the longest you can get with zero interest. But uh, otherwise, uh, you know, I like to see people finance a car three to four years, you know, and, and because you can get upside down. I mean, you Real you know, quick. it's just, I, you know, I, I, I do think they do 84 month car loans now. Gosh. Uh, and I will tell you on an 84 month car loan, the bi weekly payment will be more impactful. You <laughs> know, on, on a 36 month car loan, you've only you're only going to make three extra payments. Yeah. And so it's not going to have a huge impact there. Uh, but the the longer the debt, the more powerful that strategy is, right? So it's more powerful on a 30-year mortgage than it is on a 15-year mortgage. And it is it's, forget mortgage. It's not even about what it is. It's the term. So once your term passes, you know, uh, you know I would say it's seven years. It starts to become impactful at 13, 14, 15-year term. Like there's boat loans you can get for 15 to 20 right. years. Uh, the biweekly payment would be very would be more impactful there. Sure. Uh, so that what really supercharges and makes that biweekly payment plan. And again, if you missed yesterday's show, uh, I am talking about biweekly payments. Doing it yourself. Do not do not listen to me. Do not write this down. I, I I'm not gonna. This isn't important enough to be a rule. But but I'm gonna I'm gonna shout this from time to time. Uh, do not pay someone else a fee to facilitate you paying your mortgage or any debt biweekly. All right. It's very simple. Make an extra payment up front so that you get a month ahead and then pay every time you get paid half. That's it. It's that simple. A few Mm -hmm. basic steps. Producer Dave wrote the tutorial yesterday and threw it on the website. Right, Producer Dave? Did we get that up? We did thumbs up from Producer Dave. Let's add in there that this works on car loans as well, right? Boat loans, any type of loan. But again, the longer the term of the loan, the more beneficial Mm -hmm. it's going to be. It just makes sense to me, too, that you've got two paychecks a month maybe.
1: Well, how come that one paycheck is the one you take your car payment and your house payment out of just once a month. And then you've got a you've got two more weeks where you don't have any money. You can't even go out and have pizza. But if you budget over each week and twice a month, you're paying, you know, half of everything.
0: Then you're ahead, you're paying more on principal. Yeah, it's it, and you it, got it, money to live on. It really does work. And that that's what these companies are selling that sell the bi weekly services. Uh but but don't I mean because again, any money you pay a company in fees to facilitate this for you, that's money you're not saving. Right, And so you think about this. You go out there and you negotiate a great interest rate. You, you do everything I tell you to do. You shop around. You know your numbers. You go get a great deal on a mortgage. You get a great deal on a car loan, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You get the best rate possible. You don't pay any fees. But then you pay some idiot a fee uh, to, to help you make your payment biweekly. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And again, it, early in the show, we talked about how a lot of these websites are promoting the credit cards right? that pay them. Mm-hmm. Well, these biweekly payment companies pay mortgage companies for referring them business i have them approach me all the time uh, oh robert we can help your clients reduce their debt faster with our bi-weekly payment plan uh i'm like well what are the fees oh they're very affordable no, what are the fees yeah well robert we pay you a hundred dollars per referral i don't need a hundred dollars from you i'm not going to put my client into a bogus program just so i can make a hundred dollars now a lot of mortgage people will right sure they, they, they will, will they will sling home warranties And they will sling biweekly payment plans to pick up that extra little bit of cash. We don't do any of that, right? Uh, Credit life insurance. Mm -hmm. These are all the things. You know, Again, there's always somebody trying to pay somebody else to sell you something you don't need. We need to figure out how to craft that into a rule. Amen. There's a guy trying to sell a guy to get him to sell you. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, there's always someone trying to pay someone to to sell you something you don't need. Some kind of rule that says something like... (laughs) Who was really benefiting from yeah, this transaction? Yeah, that's yeah. costing me money. It is. It's insane. So yeah. So like we don't. We don't promote any credit life insurance. See, the, the credit unions used to be terrible with this. They would tack on really? the credit life insurance to a lot of their their deals because they were getting paid. So anyway, so yeah, credit life insurance. You don't need. Uh, I mean, I don't think you need. And if you do need it, don't buy it from the creditor. Go buy it from a life insurance agent and shop mm-hmm. around. Do it the way you're supposed to. You know, rule number one: shop right. around. Uh, you don't need to pay someone to make your payments for you on a biweekly payment plan. Uh, so, yeah, so this this is just one of those things that really irks me. So, yeah, it's really simple. And, and so, you know, I have two choices in life. I can uh, get $100 for telling you to hire some idiot to do it for you, or I can have producer Dave post a tutorial, uh, and I do not get the $100, but I get to do what's right for my client. I'm going door number two. I'm going door number two every time, every day of the week.
1: Well, if you're just going up and down the dial and you happened upon this show, welcome aboard. This is Saving Thousands with Robert Palmer, and this is the Saving Thousands Network. Throughout the show, I've been bringing our listeners up to date on where they can find more tools to help them with their money, to help them get empowered, and we want that for you. We want you to have no intimidation when it comes to money and pure power, and you can have it because it's all free information right here from the Robert Palmer family of companies. A while ago on the show, I was talking about savingthousands.com and some of the tabs across the top of the page. One of those was radio shows, all right? The trending radio shows that are being played on demand right now, and once you know what they are, you'll understand why. Uh, The first one is Robert Palmer talks about being a better credit card user and raising your credit score through wisely paying on a certain date, all right? The second show that's really being played on demand by thousands of people is learn how you can quit being a financial zombie and start being a financial ninja. Some of the stuff we've talked about on this show. All right. How about Robert Palmer, educating listeners on how to take control of their credit score by wisely paying bills, as I mentioned a while ago, on a certain date, but also keeping up with all the fees that you have to pay. Very important radio show that one was. How about learning about a variety of loans and the loan process. How does it really work when you apply for a loan? What's going on behind the scenes? Robert Palmer tells you about that. And there's more and more radio shows. You know why? Oh, we've been doing shows for 10 years and they're all archived. So you can learn a lot playing on demand and saving thousands with Robert Palmer. Well, Robert, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau is working hard to protect us. What's going on now?
0: The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau uh, went after PayPal, which which is interesting, and I, I think one of the most interesting things here is PayPal like just agreed to pay the fine immediately. Mm-hmm. Like they, there's no fighting, there was no arguing. There's like, oh, oops. And so I think I think Robert said the fifteen million dollars in refunds and then ten million dollars in fines right. to the CFPB. And uh, so what PayPal did, this is pretty interesting. And again, this just goes to show this is the whole financial zombie thing. You know, so PayPal basically, it seems, tricked people into taking out credit and then made that credit their default method of payment inside of PayPal, so they would rack up interest charges. And then PayPal, not really being a creditor, I mean, that it's not really their business, Mm -mm. so they didn't have the right software and systems in place, so they would charge people late fees even though they weren't late. Then people would pay those late fees and they wouldn't show them as paid. Uh, It was just really, Mm -hmm. really crazy. And then uh, this was my favorite. So apparently, you know, whenever you offer credit like that, you have to have a phone number, a customer service line, where people can call and get details on the credit. And they decided they just wouldn't answer it. So they set the phone line up, <laughs> and just no one ever answered it. It just it just rang. And so if, if a consumer wanted to call PayPal and try to complain or deal with any of these problems, the number would just ring and ring and ring and ring. Oh. And, uh, you know, again, this is where I've been a fan of the CFPB since it was announced. Uh, you know, the, the example I kind of drew when this first came is, you know, think about it. the fact that we can go into restaurants and know that they are pretty much safe because we have, you know, food inspectors. And you know, I'm not a big government guy, but at the end of the day, there's certain things that I'd like to know that the bridge being built over, you know, or the Skyway Bridge was built with some kind of oversight, you know, that that when I, when I go into a restaurant, there's some kind of health inspection on occasion, sure. the place isn't covered in roaches. Uh, you know, I'd like to know, uh, you know, you look at like safety recalls, you know, if, if a company builds a defective crib, for your child, you know, and then the crib's going to collapse and your child's going to be injured. There's a recall, you know, and this is because government inspection and people watching yeah. over their shoulder cuz big businesses don't really care so much about these things. You know, the big airbag recall going on right now. I know. You know, all this comes from government inspection. And so we didn't have that in financial services forever. Forever. There was it, banks were inspected. And I think maybe that's where the whole breakdown happened is once upon a time, you were only going to borrow money from a bank. And the banks were all inspected by the FDIC, mm-hmm. uh, the credit union folks, uh, the the Office of Thrift Supervision. There's all these these uh, entities that were supervising and keeping on, on the banks. Well, then when when all these new types of lending popped up, you know, when you, you've got independent mortgage companies like us, you've got Wall Street making loans, uh, you know, you've got payday lenders, uh, you, you've got people, technology companies like PayPal trying to offer uh-huh. credit. And so there was no one regulating any of this, really. And so if a toxic loan program came out that needed a recall, you know, think about all those loan programs, Rob, that came out in 2005 and Uh 6 and 7 on the mortgage side that led to the crash. I guess it's more like two, three, four, and 5, you know, leading up to the crash, all of these crazy loan programs, if we'd had a recall on some of those, we may not have ended up in the situation we're in. And so the CFPB was built to be that agency for finance. So whether it's credit cards, mortgages, whatever, and what I find very interesting is— they are not—see, uh, the FDIC can only regulate its member banks. Right. The CFPB will go snatch you up no matter what industry you're in if you are offering consumer credit. So PayPal, which is not really a credit company, uh, CFPB doesn't care. It's The minute you offer someone a piece of credit, you fall under their purview. And I like that. I think that's how it needs to be uh, because we need to be protected. And again, I mean— you know, the whole point of the show is for me to try to educate people and, and and wake you up from being a financial zombie and get you to make better decisions. But it, it's helpful when we have someone else kind of keeping an eye out for these types of situations, because uh, a lot of this stuff going on with PayPal, the, the consumers were aware of it. They just couldn't figure out how to stop it because you can't get anybody on the phone. I mean, this company, is like they don't even exist. They're just out there. I was
1: with you the day that you first introduced that agency, and I remember how charged up you were about it. And I was thinking... You mean all these years we've never had anybody looking after us, you know, the consumer, but no other financial guys on the radio were cheering it on, and the, nobody else was either. Credit card companies weren't. You know, the the pay here, pay payday loan people certainly weren't. You know, there was nobody in the industry cheering it on except you. And See, you I, were saying we
0: need to protect the consumer. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, if you do what's right for the consumer, you're cool with it. If you're out there taking advantage of consumers, you're probably a little scared. Yep. Yeah. And so again, at the mortgage bankers conference, I just got back from. Uh, there's a lot of people that uh, that were nervous. You know, they're that, that nervous about this. They don't like the idea of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. They want it back to the old way. Uh, yeah, I'm personally a fan. There were a lot of uh, CFPB, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau people there running around the conference. Uh, I'm a fan. I like what they're doing. Uh, I think it's good. I think I think things like this need to come to light. Mm-hmm. I think you know, pay- who would have punished PayPal? You know, again, PayPal and PayPal admitted, like, yeah, we screwed up you know we're going to pay the 25 million dollars who would have made that happen before and that's that's the big problem um you know so i think it's a good thing i think i think we need consumer protections i think the number one protection is is us being smarter right. and us being educated and us shopping around which is what this radio show is all about uh, you know rule number one shop around that's the 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 rule the biggest rule the biggest thing i can teach you here is to shop around uh, and then two know your numbers i mean all this fits mm-hmm. in together and if you do these things uh, you really can't protect yourself
1: well, Robert, before we go too much farther in the show, gotta hand out some props and some kudos to your company, RP Funding, for very, very quickly getting used to the new real estate and mortgage rules called TRID. It's kind of no before you owe for you listeners out there that have never heard of Trid. And TRID is actually the first major change in mortgages and how they're done, the order in which things get done the timing line of when you are told things by the mortgage company, this has all changed. And it's the first major change since 1976. There have been millions of loans in that time period. So what we've got going right now is TRID was going to be put into effect in October. And a lot of mortgage companies just kept telling people, this is going to be something. It may take us 70 to 80 days, a minimum of 60 days, to close your loans, because we've got to do everything differently. Wow. Well, look with RP funding, they had a trid application early in October, and they turned it around, not in 60 days, not in 70 days. How about 10? 10 days from application to closing. And it happened to be a family from South Florida who had applied at another mortgage company, and they were about to lose the home because the other mortgage company couldn't close the loan. So RP funding came through as they always do. So Robert, congratulations on that. But now let's get back to this Consumer Finance Protection Bureau because they demanded some refunds be made by some big, big financial institutions. But now it brings
0: about a warning. But here's Very the inter- cool. So here's the other interesting part. And I thought this was fun. Uh, so I read the, the CFPB notice about this. Sure. And toward the end, they warned people to watch out for scammers claiming to be issuing the refunds so think about this oh no so you're sitting at home and you get a phone call and the guy says yes i'm from city uh you get a refund of two hundred dollars just give me your social security number bank routing number and i'll send that right on over oh no so uh, let me warn everybody right now Uh, city is not going to call you and ask you for your bank account information to give you this refund that would be a scammer trying to empty out your account because scammers are smart they like to take advantage of headlines in the news, Sure. right? We see this. Uh, there's been a lot lately of people calling, claiming to be from the IRS, you know, and, a they, lot. and they tell you if you don't give them your bank account information right now, they're going to, you know, put you in tax prison, you know. And then you got now you're gonna have people calling, claiming to be from city or from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Yes, we're here to process or, your refund. Just give us your bank account number. No one, no one is going to call you over the phone from any of these entities and ask you for your bank account number. I'll tell you what I do, Rob, uh, because I, I have like. Like I've had, uh, I have a Bank of America uh, car loan, right? And so they will call me sometimes and like ask me like, oh, please verify the last four of your account number. I'm like, look, I don't know who you are. So what I do, I, I should make this a rule, make this, let's make this a rule, Rob, write this down. Because again, the, the rules are about stuff I do in my life. And right. as I kind of think of it, we add them to the rules. Mm-hmm. So what I do is if someone ever calls me and asks me to verify information or whatever, I I say, I'm going to hang up and call you right back on the phone number that I know to be your number, right? Wow. So I don't call back the number they called me from because then I would get the same idiot scammer. So say this instance, Bank of America calls me, says, hey, Mr. Palmer, you know, we're calling about your whatever car loan. You know, we have a special offer for you, whatever, whatever. You know, please verify your mother's maiden name and the last four years social security number uh, so we can verify your identity. And I say, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hang up and I'm going to call Bank of America right back on the phone number that I have on the car, the credit card in my wallet. And I'm going to then proceed with this, so I know I'm really talking to whoever I'm supposed to be talking to. And if if we would all if we would all do this, right? Because this is how the scammers get you, right? So I had I had recently had one call me, and she says, "Yes, uh, I'm calling about your computer problem, right?" Oh, well, I didn't have a computer problem, but the chances are they will catch someone who did just have a computer problem. Sure, right? And then they're like, oh, just give us this and all this information and whatever, and we'll get you taken care of. So whenever someone calls you and asks you for personal information, hang up. And then call the company they said they were from, right? Because what, what happens is they will call, so like, like, you know, the largest banks in the country, Bank of America, Chase, right? So they know if they call 1,000 people, that 15 or 20 of them will actually have a Chase account or a Bank of America account. Oh, sure. It's a numbers game, it's statistics. So they, you know, they, they call the three of us. So they call Rob and say, Hi, Rob, we're calling about your Chase account. And Rob says, Well, I don't bank at Chase and hangs up. And they call producer Dave and say, Hey, producer Dave, we're calling about your Chase account. And he says, Well, I don't have a Chase account and hangs up. And they call me and say, Hey, Rob, we're calling about your Chase account. I'm like, oh, I have a Chase account. What can I do for you, right? So, you know, <laughs> wrong. And so, what we're gonna do is we're gonna hang up. Any type of any type of incoming phone call that has to do with financial services, banks, credit cards, anything, mm-hmm. we're gonna hang up and we're gonna call back the number that we know to be that institution. And this is going to protect us from scammers because I mean, they're doing. Uh, they are very sophisticated. My one of my banks put on an advisory recently. This is this is crazy, Rob. So we have these RSA tokens right so like it's a keychain with a number on it and the number changes every like 20 seconds have you seen this no so it's a little token on a keychain and the number changes every 20 seconds or whatever and so when when i go to log into my online banking for for any of my companies i have to put in this this token key right and it changes every 20 seconds and the idea is someone would have to get their hands on my physical keychain in addition to knowing my username and password in order to right in order That's to cool. in order to hack my bank well there was a company recently that uh, they sent out an email to the CFO, the scammers did, and said that she needed to log into the bank or whatever. And so she clicks on it. It took her to a fake website that looked just like her bank's website. She entered in her username, password, and the token number. Oh, no. And then they immediately took it and typed it into the real bank oh. and were able to bypass the security. And they sent like $10 million with the wires. This was like a massive, massive manufacturing company. So, again, the scammers out there are very smart. You know, we, we've we got to be, I don't ever click links in emails. I type in the, the URL, like, right? So if I'm trying to go to bankofamerica.com, uh-huh. if I get an email from Bank of America that said, hey, Robert, your loan is past due, click here to pay. And I'm like, well, my loans aren't past due. I better investigate this, right? I won't click on the link because the link could be fake and could take me to some other sure site could. that looks like Bank of America. I will go to open up a fresh web browser and I will type in www.bankofamerica.com. And again, I use them as an example because they're the largest. Uh, I, I definitely do not endorse or think anyone should bank at that particular bank, uh, but they're the biggest. So I like <laughs> to use them in my stories uh, as opposed to my real banks. But anyway, so I would go to bankofamerica.com, and then I don't run the risk of the link that I was sent being fake True. right? And, and redirecting me to some other website where they're going to steal my information. Mm-hmm. So, And again, I, I've just given you more protection than, than City or LifeLock combined here in uh, in two minutes on the radio. If, for you, years. if you follow these uh, these these couple of things right here, uh, you don't need LifeLocker or any other mm-hmm. type of, of, of identity protection or whatever. You know, I, I do like uh, the credit monitoring from the bureaus. It's a lot more affordable. You've like, done a show on that. Yes, yeah, so I, I I personally, I, yeah, I use uh, MyFICO.com. Right. You know, I don't have kind of deal with them, whatever. I just like them. And so I get alerts on my phone whenever somebody pulls my credit. I like that. That's the extent of anything I would pay for when it comes to identity theft protection, right? So if you have that monitoring, so when someone does pull your credit, you get the little alert and you know, or if you don't want to do that, you can just freeze your credit, which if you've been a suspected victim of identity theft, you can, which I think at this point we all qualify. We all do. I mean, I, I shop at Target, you know, I'm a potential identity theft victim. <laughs> That's right. You know? So I think just about everybody qualifies for that exemption. Uh, the way things have been going Oh, yeah, the IRS, yes, I filed with them before. Uh-huh. My information might've been compromised. I mean, when you look at the, the vast amount of data breaches going on out there, uh, so you can freeze your credit or get one of these little cheap deals that'll that'll give you the alerts when your credit's pulled. Uh, be the wary of incoming calls. We're gonna we're gonna hang up and mm-hmm. call back the number we know, and then we're not gonna click links and emails. We're going to type the name of the company instead. You if, know your if probably, it's asking for personal private information.
1: They're probably going to start making calls from one of these unscrupulous groups that's gonna call and say. Oh, did you hear on the news last week or on Robert Palmer's show about the settlement with City? Absolutely, and they're liable to say our company can get you that money, so right. you don't have to. That's right. Just give now, us a processing fee. There you go. Give us a processing fee, but we need all your numbers too, mm-hmm. right? And I had a call a few weeks ago that bothered me, and I did exactly what you said to do. I get a call. Have you ever been called from Social Security? Nope. Are you kidding I guess me? I'm not in the right age bracket. Okay, I'm 62. About a week after I turned 62, Robert, I get a phone call. Hi, this is Social Security. We see that your ex-wife has filed on your account. Now, have you? do you want to file today? We can walk you through the application right here on the phone. Do they think I was born yesterday no. or 62 years ago
0: yesterday? Right. Are they nuts? You know, and they probably, I would say, they probably got your birth date out of voter registration records. Sure. So voter registration records are public. Oh. And, and they have birth so That's where they got. And they have birthdays in it. And so that, that's a, a lot of people get that information that you can, you can get the voter registration records for free from the different counties. And in there is the name and the birth date. And so they're targeting people around there their 62nd birthday because it makes sense. You're like, oh, I'm 62. Sure, well, they're I calling. file now? Yeah, it's great. I don't have to go to yeah. an office and why are you lying? Yeah, this is so wonderful. Well, oh, cool. Yeah, so we, we've got it. we got to be smart. we got to watch out for this stuff. The, the scammers are definitely out there. Uh, and so, again, the, the city thing, people are going to be making calls and they're going to be saying, hey, yeah, yeah. we're from city. We want to process your refund. We yes we were very bad we've been fined seven hundred million dollars <laughs> terrible yeah and we're gonna send you your piece of it right now just give me your bank account routing social security mother's maiden name dog's first name whatever else last four your social and we'll get your refund processed immediately and if that happens what are we gonna do we're gonna follow the new rule we're gonna hang up and we're gonna turn around and call city we're gonna say hey city I would like my refund and mm-hmm. then we'll figure out if it was legit or not and probably not my my guess is that if you have a credit card with city. You're going to see some kind of statement credit for the amount. Right. They're just yeah. gonna so even if your balance is zero, they'll credit you the couple hundred bucks or whatever and your statement then will be negative balance and you can just go charge it up. <laughs> Which is what they'll do. Yeah, exactly. They, they will certainly
1: n- put that on.
0: Right. There. And they're not gonna they're not gonna write you a check, probably. They're not gonna wire you the money. They're not gonna send you over a bag of cash, right? Big Steve is not gonna show up with a duffel bag full of cash at the okay. front door from City. It's going to be a statement credit. Mm-hmm. And they don't need any information from you to process the statement credit. That's right so, so if anybody calls you claiming to be from City, just, just hang up and move on with life. Same thing with like. LifeLock. Just move on.
1: You know, it seems to me, Robert, why these companies make enough money with what they do, with the services that they somewhat provide. They do, I'm telling you. So stock, why do
0: they have to cheat? Their stock prices would be higher, their value would be higher, their profits would probably be higher if they would just do it the right way the first time.
1: You know, earlier in the show, I mentioned the Home Value Hotline. You can get there by phone, 866-222-8231, or you can go to savingthousands.com, look at the top of the homepage, and you can click on Home Value Hotline. Either way, you provide your address, and you provide your name, And what's going to happen is you're going to get a return call and you'll be able to talk about the enhancements at your house. Maybe you have a pool, but nobody else on your block does. So you see a lot of the services that are advertising that they want to provide you with your home value, well, they're kind of fishing. That's kind of what they're doing. They're looking for people who may want to refi, may want to sell. That's their top objective. The objective here by the Robert Palmer family of companies and associated realtors and associated people in finance is to give you the financial tools you need. So you'll get a very good and very accurate evaluation of your home. And how do you do it again? You simply go to 866-222-8231, 866-222-8231, or you go to savingthousands.com and click the tab. But again, you've got local people who know the town, who know where the beltways are going, who know what the hot neighborhoods are. They know where the shopping centers are. They know what areas might be decreasing in value, and they know the areas that are going up in value. No computer farm in California knows all that. So go to the Home Value Hotline, and you can trust the value that you can get right there. Well, Robert, when you started RP Funding, I was your first radio host, and I'm still here. But when you started the company, I was even skeptical because you told me before that first show. You said, well, Rob, I'm going to start a mortgage company that has no lender fees. And I'm going, how can he do that? This is crazy. And along the way, other mortgage companies around the area, they were saying the same thing. They said, you can't not charge lender fees. Well, here we are, nine, 10 years later, RP Funding is a phenomenally successful company and you still don't charge any lender fees. How do you do it? And why do the other mortgage companies charge so much?
0: And and what, what I figured out, Rob, is the reason most mortgage companies have to charge all these fees and make all this money per transaction is two things, two things. Number one, they run very inefficiently, mm-hmm. all right? Very, very inefficiently. And I think what happens is when companies have too much money like that, it allows them to run inefficiently, so they do. You know, they don't use technology correctly. You know, they they don't use the right, they don't have the right type of management in place. They don't have the right type of employees in place. And, and they don't have the right type of systems in place. And so what happened is like a file will sit on someone's desk for two weeks without being touched, well, then that creates a fire drill now to get it closed even late. Mm-hmm. And and that wastes resources. That's inefficient. So one is they're very inefficient. And the number two is they pay way too much commission to the sales guy. Right? And and this is the, I mean, I got this letter recently. Uh, so I, I'm a licensed loan originator in addition to owning RP funding. And uh, so I got a letter, a recruitment letter from a competitor. And it was like, dear Robert Palmer, <laughs> it said, if you aren't making 400 basis points, Per closing and commission, you are being cheated by your employer and you aren't making enough. Now, for our listening public, 400 basis point means 4%. So, on a $200,000 loan, my commission, if I worked for this company, would be $8,000 by closing mm. one $200,000 loan. $8,000 in commission. Commission. Crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it's insane. And, and so- they're, this is obviously very attractive to some salespeople. Sure. So, what, but what they don't understand is the fees and the rates and the points and the craziness that you have to charge a consumer in order to be able to pay your sales guy a commission of eight thousand dollars on a single mortgage that maybe took three or four hours of their time to work on is crazy. Wow. So my average cost for my salespeople. It's like 600 bucks, 650 bucks a transaction. It's not 8,000, right? Mm -hmm. So, where does the other 7,400 go? Well, a lot of it goes in discounts to my consumer. I don't charge them the crazy fees. I don't jack up the interest rates. I'm not a vampire like the competitors are, right? And then on the flip side, uh, some of it goes in advertising because I got to tell the world that I'm not a vampire. All right, I got to tell the world that we don't charge fees. That they can get a better deal by calling RP Funding, by picking up the phone right now and calling 855-773-8634. 855-RP Funding. Mm-hmm. 855-773-8634. That's the phone number to make sure you don't make a sales guy an $8,000 commission on your $200,000 loan. I mean, the real estate agent only makes 3%. I was going to say. And this guy's trying to make, and that's the total real estate company, like, like the so that the buyer's agent and the buyer's agent's broker, like the whole the whole buy side company mm-hmm. makes three percent. This four percent is just the sales guy. It's not talking about any profit for the company he works for mm-hmm. or money to pay the staff or anything else, or they're just a the middleman, so then money to make the next guy they pay to. I mean, I would have to say that for a company to pay a loan officer an eight thousand dollar commission on a single closing, they are probably making fourteen or fifteen thousand dollars. Seven or eight percent. So how much do they have to charge you in fees, mm-hmm. and how high does the interest rate have to be to make that much money to pay the sales guy? Eight, and, and I got this letter, and I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, like, there is really some clown out there offering to pay mortgage salespeople eight thousand oh. dollars on a two hundred thousand dollar loan. And I'm sure he got a lot of phone calls, right? Because mm-hmm. if I'm the average mortgage sales guy, and I'm like, well, well, hey, <laughs> be right no, I closed, uh, I closed three last month. And uh, three times eight thousand is twenty-four thousand. I can make three hundred G's a year. I'm gonna go work over for this guy, right? Who cares how much my customer has to pay? Wrong. Yeah. I mean, come on. So that's you know?
1: that is that much or that much less of a home that the home buyer can get.
0: Yeah. And now let me let me tell you, Rob. I am not against profit. I am not against capitalism. I am all for free market. But there are there have to be limits. I mean, God, it, me. when it is egregious. And and the thing is, here's what they know. They know that home buyers are not that informed when it comes to mortgage pricing, and they know mm-hmm. that if a real estate agent recommends them as the lender, the chance of the consumer shopping around and discovering that they are being overcharged by some $8,000 is slim to none. And right. that's that is the what I, the part I have a problem with is they are preying on the naivety of the first time home buyer. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is the last person in our economy we should be preying on right now, right? We yeah. need more first time homebuyers. We need more people out mm-hmm. there buying houses. We need more young people, more millennials, more people motivated and want to get out there and buy a home and be homeowners. You know, there there are some crazy statistics, Rob, about the amount of of uh, of impact on our economy. That a home has. Right. And when someone buys Mm -hmm. a home, when you build a new home, it's a much bigger impact. And and homeowners become part of a community. And all these things happen that don't happen when they're renting. And so getting people to transition from renting to owning is is a key thing to our economy recovering. And it is not going to happen if we are preying on first time homebuyers by trying to overcharge them eight thousand dollars so we can pay an egregious commission to a sales guy. and And so here's the deal. Why does this company do this? Because they have no other business, right? They don't oh, do anything no. good for consumers. They don't do anything in the community. They, they, I, don't even, I think they're based out of somewhere in California or whatever, right? But they're sending letters to loan officers in central Florida trying to get them to switch to their company and bring all of their business with them so they can overcharge the customer and pay that loan officer an $8,000 commission. And it makes me sick. Yeah. And so I I tore that letter up, Rob. I shredded it. I tore it right up. And then I came to work and I asked, I asked all of my staff how many of them got the letter. And about two-thirds of them got the letter, which means the other one-third have a different address on their licensing application than where they actually live today, or their wife threw it away, or their husband threw it away before they read it. But so the, again, they're sending this letter out to everybody. And, and I, I checked, and this company is actually doing some business now. They are closing some transactions, and it makes me sick. It makes me sick, Rob. And so the most important thing, all right, people, like, this is not about, hey, use RP funding. This is about, hey, shop around. Don't get screwed. Don't get taken advantage mm-hmm. of. Don't let somebody make $8,000 on your one transaction as a first-time homebuyer because you are too lazy or too stupid to call around and get the, get the facts, get the truth. Call me. Don't call me, but call somebody else. Call two or three companies. Line the deals up side by side and figure out if one of these guys is trying to take advantage of you because let me tell you that $8,000, by the time you pay off a 30-year mortgage— it's probably $80,000, right? A lot of money. Because you're paying interest on the money that they made off of you up front, right? And it's it's crazy. It is absolutely wow. crazy to me, but it still, it still happens today. And with all the regulation and after the crisis and the crash and everything else, there are still companies out there offering to pay these ridiculous commissions to try to get, try to get salespeople to leave where they're at now, to leave a company that probably gives their customer an okay deal, and go over here to where they're going to take advantage of the consumer. They're going to overcharge them. They're going to try to make their entire month's pay off of one transaction. So I guess they can spend the rest of the time sitting around eating Cheetos, drinking cold beer in their boxer shorts on their couch. Right? Wow. What else are you going to do with your life? Cheating the people. Right? You got to, you got to work hard, man. You got, you got to take care of people. So anyway, so that 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 angers me. That's something you mm-hmm. got to watch out for. And it's simple to do, folks. Just shop around. And that, of course, is
1: rule number one of the 15 15- Saving Thousands rules to success. Don't forget, you can find those at savingthousands.com. Along the way, as I mentioned throughout the show, there are many, many ways that you can access the tools of the Robert Palmer family of companies, financial tools that will help you at the end of the day, the end of the week, the end of the month, the end of the year, and as you go into retirement, okay? So remember, savingthousands.com. Remember the radio app, Saving Thousands radio app. Remember the 24-hour channel on iHeart. I don't think I've talked about that today. Anyway, if you go to iHeart, simply go to the search engine and put in the name Robert Palmer and you'll have access to Robert Palmer shows 24-7, 365. There's some other websites that we gladly stand behind. Estate Advised is one of them. Estate Advised is sort of a website that's trying to get people back into real estate and Real Prospector. You'll even hear interviews by myself and leading realtors, leading people in finance, leading people in commerce and commercial property. It is a great website, lots of cool articles and a lot of information that you will find useful. But folks, putting all that together, you're going to save thousands with Robert Palmer.